podcast. Nick and JP tuning in in April. Sorry we skipped last week, but we are back. We are back with a vengeance. JP, we are going to dive into a silly mock draft, man. How's it going, dude? Going good. I'm, I'm excited to be drafting. It's my favorite part of fantasy football. Oh, yeah. And if we can just stay drafting, then I can just stay pretending like there might be sports tomorrow. <laughs> Not getting into the, the baseball hype, I see. True. That's that's fine. I've been diving just a little tiny bit into into uh, the MLB, but we are diving in. We're starting up in about uh, seven minutes. ESPN has opened up the uh, the mocks, and so we'll see how that goes. It should be pretty fun. And uh, but we've got some amount of fantasy relevant news. You know, it has been two weeks since we last talked, and uh, just you know, let's. I guess let's just get it out of the way because it's it's horrible and sad. And Dwayne Haskins, man, of, of course, not fantasy relevant in the least bit, but to see a 24-year-old pass away is just, it's, it's so heartbreaking. And it was such strange off-season news that he was kind of down in South Florida for spring training and was for some reason walking out on a highway in the morning. It was it was very had, strange. I think he had, he had car trouble or he had to pull over. I see. Something of that nature. Oh, man. Well, that that's really horrible. Passed away and, you know, again, no fantasy implications, just sadness. But um, things that do have... actually hasn't been... They've been acting really weird about it. Like, hmm. like almost as if they as a whole don't like Dwayne Haskins. Um, what yeah so like he issued an apology uh Schefter he did a tweet that was like um Dwayne Haskins who is not good at football died wow basically wow and he had to issue an apology I'm looking at a at a ESPN.com article right now titled Pittsburgh Steelers QB Dwayne Haskins dies after being struck by a dump truck. Yes. Why does it have to be? uh, I mean, yes, it's very factual, but you got to put dump truck in the title. They could, they probably could have rephrased the dump truck to something a little classier, but, but it is, it is, it is all true. Um, but, but I see what you're saying. It is a dump truck. It truly is. Right. Well, I don't know. That's, that's not as harsh as they probably could be towards, but not the worst that I've heard of, but anyways, tough news, tough news for sure. But um, there was some fantasy stuff, and I'm just going to run down. And honestly, I don't even remember if we talked about these players or not, but I'm just going to run down a list of players. Oh, by the way, before we get into that, happy Easter coming up this Sunday. So don't be surprised. I I was kind of caught off guard. I did not realize that Easter was right around the corner, but it is. Easter is this coming Sunday. Anyways. Let me just throw some names out there and and you just kind of I'll I'll give like three seconds to you. And if you happen to uh, bump in, then, uh, you know, I'll let you kind of talk through it. 
but otherwise um, we'll just skim through these. So first one, we got uh, Brandon Cooks re-signs with the Texans. Right. Pretty harsh environment. Is he any fantasy relevance? Is he is he still a worthy player regardless of who the quarterback is? Oh yeah, I think he is. <laughs> um, okay, I don't, nice. I mean, I don't, I don't think we should be taking him with like an early pick or anything. But no, yeah, I agree. I, I, or I think, I think he's maybe a good, a good draft choice. Um, for somebody, I think who do they have? Uh, General Mills or whatever. Yes, I think he's still there. Yeah, that guy's okay. He'll figure he's it fine. out. He'll Let me. All right. So, so you're saying guy. he's he's draft worthy? Let me just mm-hmm. throw out some some potential names that that might spark some interest. How about uh, Robert Woods in the new Tennessee? Offense opposite AJ Brown, Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks. Let's take Brandon Cooks. Mm, okay, so that's pretty good. I mean, that's that feels like he's he's a draftable like wide receiver three ish kind of range. So that's that's definitely within a uh, taking range. So that's that that satisfies kind of what I was looking for. Um, all right, how about these three players on the Bills, Jamison Crowder. Duke Johnson, OJ Howard. Do you care you about any them? of that? Uh, no, do not do not rank them. Tell me <laughs> if, if you care in the least bit about any of that. Who is the second one? Duke Johnson. Jamison Crowder, Duke Johnson. Yeah, I, I heard OJ the other Howard. ones. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I I guess you could think about. No, I, I don't want no. any of that stuff. But if if it were going to be anybody, then it it may be O.J. Howard. But yes, probably not. You know, like probably not. It would probably take um, our boy, uh, whatever his name is on Buffalo, getting hurt. I'm guessing, but. Uh... Other than that, I mean, two, two tight ends, and he really hasn't shown much for a long time. So yeah, for yeah, a long totally time. agree. Did we talk about the Tyreek news here on the pod? I cannot remember. Okay, then let's. I think I gave a little take that I was okay. It, it, it was, it was bad, but not horrible for him because I'm kind of a, Tua, truther or something like that. Right. I think, I think two is okay. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Similar uh, news. Devontae Parker from the Dolphins did get traded to the Patriots. The Patriots is is a tough spot to go to, but that quarterback did show some promise. And that wide receiver core, I mean, there's there's a lot of wide receivers there with Aguilar and others that kind of caught on a little bit. But, I mean, nobody really did a ton. So it's kind of open for the taking. Does Devontae Parker have fantasy relevance, or is that just kind of a bit of a trap? He might, but I'm not interested. Like I've, yeah, 
unless he's the cheapest thing ever, like a round 16 pick or something, and I doubt he'll right. be. I just, like, what could they turn him into? They It would have to be like this this robot of a player, like this person that has a role and they just like do it over and over again. And that would be the only way to fantasy relevance. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I totally agree. I'm not interested. I think you're probably going to find him in the waivers for some of the season. And at that point, maybe he's going to be a spot start at some point, but yeah, not interested. Um, Okay, so this is really the dregs. The Jets picked up both Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzoma. So Wardam Eagle that you get a contract, but pretty pretty gnarly uh, that you have two nasty tight ends going to the Jets. Um, Can't imagine that either of us are going to draft either of these guys, right? Nope. Yep. Um, Speaking of tight ends, CJ Uzoma does leave the Bengals. The Bengals instead pick up Hayden Hurst, who has not shown anything really, but (laughs) Hayden Hayden Hurst by himself in that offense um, could be interesting. Round round 15 pickup. Yep, just last last round tight end if you just totally punt. Could see worse things. Um, and then finally the, oh, oh shit, dude. I'm sorry. Didn't even recognize that it's nine twelve. I guess our mock draft's probably kicking off. My apologies. One minute. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Let me not share my computer audio so that I don't have Matthew Berry coming through. Well, awesome. Okay. Well, perfect timing. Well, let's finish up. I, I don't know if there's anything to talk about here, but we do have the chiefs picked up Ronald Jones. So um, sorry about the truthers on their first round pick right there. That hurts pretty bad, but Ronald Mur- Jones murky and, running back situation there. Oh, so, so murky for sure. And Juju gets a little help MVS. So I don't know. I mean, those two are kind of the top dogs in this, in this wide receiver core, I guess. MVS is probably draftable, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe like a, maybe before round 15. Yeah, like a seventh rounder maybe for MVS, something like that, eighth rounder. Well, we'll see. We are diving into a mock draft right now. This is the first time that I have done one of these this offseason. So all of this is looking very, very new to me. I am not sure where I'm going to go. I am on the 12th pick turn. And JP, you are at pick three. So ESPN, this is a full PPR 12-team mock. Pick three on ESPN does have Cooper Cup slotted in. What are you thinking on the board here? You see, talk talk about the players that you see and players that you're interested in. Um, Cooper Cuppy looks pretty nice, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tough, man. The if you could take an advantage like that, if it's going to be anything like that again, you know? Oh, okay. It, I'm well, on the clock right now. Um, I'm going to take Eckler. Eckler is slotted as the number two overall pick. I mean, it, it totally makes sense, especially in a PPR, but wow, the love and respect given to Eckler. It's just a, it's just a safe pick i hope 
It is safe. We see Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase go in the top six picks. Lots of wide receivers, unlike anything I have seen in a fantasy draft before. It is full PPR, but wow, that is a lot. That kind of speaks to the maybe the disgustingness of the position at running back. But I mean, I'm looking down at some of these running backs. I'm looking at Dalvin Cook. I know he's been oh injured. Oh, my goodness. He... You're, you're in a good position here. If you I mean, can if it's pick da- up Najee. Well, I would Najee oh, just there goes, he goes. ninth pick. But if Dalvin and Stephon Diggs are sitting there at the turn, I mean, I'm I'm still not scared away by Dalvin Cook. I think he's an absolute beast. And, I mean, I know the injury history is definitely there, but I'm pretty interested. But we'll see. We got uh, we got Javante Williams slotted in as the seventh pick here. A little surprising as Melvin Gordon is still with the team. I, I do think Melvin Gordon, I heard, um, did visit. Who did he visit? Oh, I cannot remember. But he did visit. Is he still with, with the team? team? I, I thought he got cut or something. Oh, did he get cut? That would be news to me. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see here. We've got uh, free agent. All right. You're on the clock. You're right. Wow. So we have Alvin Kamara there, who I am I'm really happy with. You know, I, I thought that if I had kind of like a middle round, middle first round, that I was going to do a wide receiver just to try it out. But I'm looking at Kamara and Cook right here. Oh, that I think that's, sounds juicy. That really does. That sounds I, super juicy. That's what I'm going to go with. I mean, I, I know I see players like DeAndre Swift right there, who's also very, very good. Leonard Fournette, of course, very, very good. But I still believe in Dalvin Cook. Maybe, maybe that's being a homer with, uh, with uh, the Minnesota Vikings, but I still believe. So, yeah, I'm going to start off with Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook at the 12-13 turn here. That is juice. I just I feel like there there always has to be wide receivers, right? Like you see DeAndre Hopkins down the board, Keenan Allen. I don't know. I'm just a little scared about like I know Jamar Chase is an absolute monster beast for sure, but I don't know, it just feels a little steep, I guess. Joe Mixon goes after me. I think Joe Mixon is also, you know, very good. Joe Mixon or DeAndre Swift for you? Thank Joe. Hmm. Yeah. Dowser Swift just catches so many balls, especially with uh, Jared Goff. So you've got a little ways to come to you. You do have some auto picks in front of you, which is probably feeling pretty good. Um, so you go, you go um, Austin Eckler, so you can really go any way you please. Where did we see? I didn't even notice. Uh, we have not seen Kelsey off the board, have we? Where, where is Kelsey? He's all the way down at pick 40. What, what is going on there? Yeah, he's, he's behind Mark Andrews over there. Um, he's what? behind behind Michael Carter, what? DK Metcalf. What is happening? Keenan Allen. DeAndre just... Hopkins. That, that is a shame right there. I'm going to go ahead being at the 32nd pick. You have a lot of players you can pick from. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and assume 
that I'm not going to get or that I am going to still be able to get one of these tight ends down here at pick three because oh, of how yeah, far sure. down they are. Yes, definitely. Um, going to go with um, maybe not a dice roll, but I'm just going to go with CD. Okay. Well, we, we, you and I both like CD a lot this year. Um, you know, getting the job to himself, basically showing unbelievable monster skill last year. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a solid pick. I think this, if this was real round two, I don't understand this, this Travis Kelsey hate. What is happening? I am in love with Travis Kelsey this year. Let's see if we can get on, uh, um, what is it? Uh, like a best ball site and like underdog and get some Travis Kelsey round three you know, love. I have to imagine. I have to hope underdog ha is a little smarter and has him at least in the early third round. Not the oh, there goes Mark Andrews at the turn. Mike Evans, AJ Brown. I think those are very good picks. David Montgomery in a full PPR. David Montgomery is going to be a very – he goes in the second round in this draft, ahead of Aaron Jones, um, right behind James Conner. He is a very interesting pick. Um, Justin Fields hopefully can emerge a little bit but didn't look great. Okay, there goes Keenan Allen leaving you on the clock with Kelsey still there. Yeah, I think Kelsey's a good pick here, but I, I think yeah. Aaron Jones is juicy this year. Like he, yes, he could really be something. I totally agree. Uh, you know, their their rookie last year did start to show, and so that's a little scary. He did have some injuries, but he seems like one of the few trusted guys for Aaron Rodgers left there. So, oh, J.K. Dobbins. That is J.K. Dobbins feels really, really risky in my opinion. I know that that's he true. he was supposed to be very good, but. Seems really scary. I'm sure that the all all of the running backs at this point, you know, we're in the back end of the third round. It starts to get very very scary. Um, he went trying before, to he went before Chubb. Wow, Chubb! The disrespect right there. They just got Deshaun Watson. Scary stuff right there. Um, I mean, I'm looking at running backs and like Cordero Patterson kind of looks like a decent later round value. Kareem Hunt could also be a later round value. Mm, Damian Harris, but it is full PPR. And then it gets really ugly after that. So all right, coming up on my turn here. And I guess I'm looking have. at wow, and there's still Zeke on the board at this point. You've got three, you got two running backs oh, so man. far. You've I've got, got two running Deontay. backs. You've Deontay's got... there, but god damn it, dude. Mitch Trubisky. Jay, Jalen Waddle. Man, Kyle Pitts is also pretty fascinating, to be honest. Uh, like, yeah, Kyle Pitts is looking juicy right now. Yeah. He looks, I'm licking my lips, looking at like Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I mean, it is, wow, to see to see Terry McLaurin all the way down there is kind oh, of sad. Man. But 
Yeah, I think this is going to be Zeke for me. And I'm going to continue to punt the wide receiver position and just see how badly that really hurts me. And I'm going to snag an early, man, beginning of the fourth round, Kyle Pitts, though. Golly. Yeah, but these all these wide receivers just feel the same to me. So I'll go in on Kyle Pitts. We'll see how that pans out. We'll, we'll, think, we'll just totally I think, punt. I think Deontay is the man. I know. I know you still love him. I, I, when we talked about it, I, I tried to act tougher than I really am. I'm so scared, man. Mitch, Mitch is pretty bad. That team could be just a disaster. Scared. Mitch had a problem staying healthy. I feel like. Right. That's true. Um, I mean, we haven't, I just, I just thought about the fact that I've got some really big cookies in my kitchen. Oh man, you should probably, you've still got a few picks. You should probably like jump over there and get those. I did forget to mention that before Kyle Pitts, Kittle and Waller both still on the board. I think, I think Devontae Adams really does hurt um, Waller, but George Kittle may have been a good pick. Although it is a rookie, I mean, not rookie, but first year, basically quarterback. So tough, tough call there. But overall, I'm pretty excited by Kyle Pitts. All right, let's see who we got. We got Deontay going. We have Jalen Waddle. Interesting. Jalen Waddle still in the fourth round with Tyreek going there. I mean, Waddle can still definitely get it done, but fourth round seems really steep. Tyler right. Lockett. I'm on, I'm on the clock here. Well, thank God for you. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf went right before you, so you never had to face that disgustingness. What do you feel? Round round four, and it's really kind of looking ugly in round four here. Yes, it's um, all wide receivers, apparently. It's ugly, but I'm going to go for just talent. I, I feel like I, I went for Scary Terry there. I think that as as scared as I should be from having him last year and it just being really lackluster. Scary Terry knows how to play football and he's got a new quarterback. It's a whole new chance to try to be good. And I I feel like the odds of Scary Terry putting up some points are better than a lot of these guys. Uh, it was kind of neck and neck with Brandon Cooks. Yes. Um, Elijah Moore. Um, I think Mike Williams is very interesting, but this is full yeah, PPR, Mike, so. Mike Williams. It, it says Amari Cooper is on Dallas, but that's not true, right? He's uh, right. He's at Cleveland. He's Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. So it's that's a very interesting. I, Amari Cooper is a very interesting pick right now, but yeah, tough, tough to pull the trigger. Yeah, I feel like Amari Cooper is not very good, like football right. player. Let me ask you about Terry McLaurin, because you were kind of you you were kind of having to psych yourself up a little bit on Terry McLaurin. Um, You mentioned Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz, just just as a football player, not fantasy, Carson Wentz or Mitch Trubisky, who would you rather have as an NFL quarterback? Mm. I'll take Mitch. Okay, but is it is it close? Is it like a fifty one percent forty nine, or is it like seventy five percent? You're leaning Mitch. Mm, maybe sixty sixty five. Okay, that, that's pretty. I, I was going to call it about fifty fifty personally, but but if you're feeling Mitch is is definitely stronger than that makes sense. Um, 
And then as a wide receiver. I took Cooks there, by the way. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, 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 I was just neck. talking over your pick. Okay, so so Brandon Cooks' uh, truth comes out there. I mean, PPR, he should definitely get lots of lots of action. So don't mind that pick. But, yeah, man, wide receiver is just a plenty here. It does look like fifth round. You know, we've got Patrick Mahomes here. Man, I have I have three running backs, but Cordell Patterson is sitting right there. And I, I really do like him a lot. At the same time, I do have Kyle Pitts already. And having Pitts and Patterson, not my favorite thing, but he would be my fourth fourth um, running back. Mm. That would really stretch the limit on how deep wide receiver is. It seems like quarterback is kind of like you can get whoever you want here. I mean, there's so many good quarterbacks, and they all feel about the same. So. Um, looking through here. Yeah. Like quarterback, I'm just not going to go in on quarterback. So man, if Mike Williams makes to me, I would really like Mike Williams here. Michael Thomas also very interesting, but I do have Alvin Kamara. <laughs> All right. Well, I am on the turn and Mike Williams does not get to me. Patrick Mons also does not get to me. So I'm looking at Michael Thomas. I'm looking at Cordero Patterson. Um, that's really it. I mean, I, I'm just not going to do quarterback cream hunt. I, I do like cream hunt. Would you take like, just straight up, would you take Cordero Patterson over cream hunt? Stuff so they did. Well, I mean, we, we don't have Matt, uh, Ryan anymore, right? We do not. We have Marcus Mariota. And we also don't have, uh, Baker Mayfield anymore, right? Uh, Baker for, oh, yeah, Kareem Hunt. But it's Deshaun Watson, so Deshaun Watson's pretty damn good. Yeah, so we take Kareem. Yeah. Kareem should be really juicy, man. For that really reason. like him. For that reason and that reason only. I'll do you already that. have three, three running backs. <laughs> I, I don't mind, man. You can get wide receivers aplenty. I, I, don't, I don't really care about uh, wide receiver. So I'll just continue to stock up. So I went with Cream Hunt on your advice. I, I think honestly in, an, in a vacuum, I'm going Cordero Patterson because he, has, he should have all the work to himself as limited as it is. And, and maybe Marcus Mariota is not that bad. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so what are you settling in on your team as I'm looking at the, you got Eckler as your one running back, then you have three wide receivers and and Kelsey. So you're looking for running back help at this point, I think, but maybe you can punt it later. Yeah. I, uh, the auto picks are about to take at right. least Gabe Davis, Dalton Schultz for Daryl Patterson, Justin Herbert. Yeah, it'd be um, nice if Patterson made it to you. He won't. Um, Probably because not. of those, there auto he goes. Picks. There he goes. Yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. So, what I've got here is oh man, and somebody took Tom Brady. Yeah, wow. Tom Brady went ahead of Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert. Interesting. I mean, Tom Brady is very, very good for sure. That's really tough. Um, well, 
Protect a running back here. Going on Damian Harris. He's pretty interesting, but of course, no pat. You could go on Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds should probably be a leader in Miami. I think he'd be pretty I guess interesting. I'm gonna take Burrow. Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind. He was electric. I think I like Chase Edmonds the most of these running backs left. Um I mean, again, it, it does get really ugly here after that. Raheem Mostert also, I mean, he's right there too. So that Miami core is, is scary for sure. Could always take Melvin Gordon. Who knows where he's going to land. That's true. We've got I mean, we are in that was the sixth round. So sixth round Joe Burrow, I think is I think fine. I mean, sixth round quarterback feels okay. It's gonna be really interesting to see who pans out as that seventh, eighth round running back that you can still get. I guess it's gonna be Damian Harris, but that's pretty ugly. Nope, it's not gonna be for me because he just went. There goes Damian Harris, yep. Um, oh shit! I actually don't trust any of these guys. Getting very sketchy already in the early seventh. There's only one person here who can keep his hand on the football and who is always going to get the football up here at the top, and it's it's AJ Dillon. He's going to play, oh. and he's going to. You can plug him in. Um, I I don't have the same fear with him as Chase Edmonds or Raheem Mostert or Rashad Penny or Ronald Jones the second or Tony Backup Pollard or uh, I mean I realize that uh, Dylan is a backup, but well. I mean, I, you know, you he's were talking to Aaron Jones. To back up. No, he's not, and, and he's incredibly good, and and he could take over. So you you could get some second half uh superstar action if, if Aaron Jones were to not even go down, just to be a little less than stellar. All right, or I'm just here be at the turn. Active in the passing game. I'm here at the turn, and, and I guess at this point, I I probably need to start looking wide receiver. You know, it's not great. You got Allen Robinson, very interesting in L.A. Um, you have Robert Woods in Tennessee, Russell Gage with Tom Brady as well. So some interesting options here. I am going to skip the running backs finally. Christian Kirk, I just I just don't see it. So I'm going to take a. am going to take Allen Robinson. I, I'm pretty interested in that. I think it's kind of exciting, actually. Um and then also going to take, oh man, now this one's, this one's a lot harder. You know, I was touting Chase Edmonds. Let me go ahead and go in on him. Let me, let me get Chase Edmonds. I think it's pretty cool. I know that that was a lot of running backs, but as you know, my running back, what, six, seven, sixth running back. Chase Simmons could show some fire here. 
All right, so starting to collect a, a few more auto picks as well. Talk me through this this round eight. We're getting uglier and uglier, but are you seeing anything that you're liking so far? Yeah, we're gonna take Melvin. Oh, there you go. Somewhere, he's 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 an all timer. I mean, mm-hmm. he he put some respect on this guy's name. You know what I mean? There you go. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he'll get picked up for sure. Um, man, where was he looking? Let me just quickly do a little a little Google search. Ravens, that's who it was, which, yeah, you know, you do have, um, who was I just mentioning uh, that I'd gotten hurt last year? Chris? Oh. oh, JK? Yeah, JK Dobbins. So it's not a perfect situation, but should have goal line. Could be, could be pretty cool. Not good for J.K. Dobbins, I'll tell you that. No, no, that would not feel very good. So you're coming around. You do have your quarterback already in tight end, so you can really just start loading on running backs and wide receivers at this point, just picking flyers. Do you want to uh, do you want to flesh the rest of this draft out? I don't mind calling quits early or, or whatever you're feeling. Yeah, we can we can chill out on it after a couple more picks or something. All right, let's just do a couple more. Sean Watson, all the way down here at pick one thirty. I mean. People are just forgetting, man. People are forgetting how nasty he is. I guess, and also suspension, possible suspension. That could that could be a big bummer. All right, I'm gonna take Chase Claypool. Okay. Did you just do? Did you just do Chase and? Uh. No, you did not. You did not pick. Um... Damn it, the other the other guy in Pittsburgh. I sure didn't pick up the other guy in Pittsburgh. I see. Man, my my, I am so bad with names tonight. I, I feel very bad. Sorry, guys. Okay. All right, let's go maybe through the eleventh, and then uh, and then we'll call because we do need to talk a movie, and we'll probably have a, a few things to say about uh. Continuing Martin Scorsese's run here. Yeah. So, again, need wide receivers. Russell Gage, Robert Woods, both pretty interesting. I have to imagine that Tennessee does draft a wide receiver, but Russell Gage, it's just kind of scary because obviously it's Godwin and Evans still there. So here, hopefully I come back to you in just a little bit. Um, Let's see here. Am I with you? Yeah. I'm going to probably go Robert Woods here and Deshaun Watson. I know I said I wouldn't go quarterback. We are in the 11th round at this point. Deshaun Watson just feels... 
Very, very cool. All right, so how about... Uh, cool guy. <laughs> I mean, okay, maybe, maybe it doesn't feel cool. It feels real dirty, but uh, seems like a good draft so far. I'd be happy with this team. A lot of old guys. I'm sticking with some old names. I got Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Zeke. That's a lot of old faces, but could work out for me. Got one old face, two old faces, Cooks and Kelsey. And- I can't believe Kelsey. That that's the most stunning ADP. That that's got to just be very silly. But I do like your team a lot. I think it's got a lot of strong talent. A lot of people who could really explode. All right, I'm back on the clock here. Yeah. What are we going to do? How are we going to go back to the clock in round 10? You Brandon Ayuk there. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. MVS. Alan Lazard is the only wide receiver there currently in in Green Bay. Could be interesting. I'm going to take Daryl Henderson. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been sleeping on him because of the Cam Akers stuff, but he, who knows what, he did okay. Yeah, round 10. Who knows what might happen with Yeah. With I think that's a fine one. All right, well, we'll do this. We'll do this last 11th round, and then we'll, we'll move into the, to the movie talk. Yeah. I'm going to make my pick and then walk over and get my cookie. Oh, there you go. Get prepped. Almost on you. Any of these uh, last names in the eleventh round looking appeasing to you? The time where I take one of the new draftees. I don't know. Maybe it would be. Oh, rookie, huh? Maybe so. But I'm going to take Tim Patrick because he's safe boy. Yeah, that's a fine pick. All right, well, I'll come up here on the turn. And uh, let's see, I mean, MVF, Alan Lazard, those are the kind of names I was talking about earlier. Oh, man, I see Braxton Berrios. He... He killed me last year. He he ruined my title chance. I'm so pissed. Well, MVS and Lazar go right before me. Pretty brutal. That doesn't leave much for me. Oh, damn it. I hate to see that. 
Um, wow, I am just scrolling and scrolling. I guess just to just to give a shout out to Albert O. I'm just going to draft him here out of out of just having fun, but. Albert O could probably also be a, a last round tight end if you want to, but uh, that's going to wrap it up for, for the mock draft. Very fun. Do you want to read out your, your final selections here? All right. Who did you pick? I picked, I picked Albert O just to give him some love. Okay. So we're getting out of here doing some movie talk now, right? Yeah, did you uh, did you already close out? Do you want to read off your team for us? All right, I got Joe Burrow, Austin Eckler, AJ Dillon, CD Lamb, Terry McLaurin, Travis Kelsey, Brandon Cooks, Melvin Gordon, Chase Claypool, Daryl Henderson, and Tim Patrick. Seems very, very strong. I really like it. I've got Deshaun Watson, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas on the same team as Kamara. Don't really like that. Allen Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and Zeke with Kareem Hunt, Edmonds, Robert Woods, Albert O, and now Marvin Jones Jr. just auto-joined the squad. Welcome in, Marvin Jones. But, uh, yeah, man, that was fun. Thanks for doing that with me. I appreciate it. Let's uh let us dive in to this uh this film by Martin Scorsese. We worked through quite a few. This is actually his 14th film. Came out in 1993, The Age of Innocence. What'd you think, man? Well, it was an okay film. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't quite my style. I wouldn't say. Yep. It, and it really wasn't quite Martin's style, if you ask me. I'm with you. Because it was kind of a romance and kind of a old-timey thing that uh, was really just out of character for Martin. Um. It was about this dude who, uh, at the very beginning of the movie, he's he's engaged to this woman. And as soon as the movie starts, he's like zooming in his binoculars on this other woman. He's like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yes. That's the one. But his wife or his wife-to-be is right over there beside her. Yep. And... Uh, it keeps that theme through the whole film, you know? Yes. It's, it, it, I agree. I found it difficult because the, like you said, the love triangle and the idea that we're kind of, I don't know, like supposed to be rooting for, I guess, Winona Ryder in this film and that, that the two lovebirds are not going to end up together. Like it's, it was a strange thing to watch because, you know, honestly, when I 
when I first looked at this film, I, I don't know why my head, I, I guess because it's kind of a romantic period piece, but my head goes right to pre- Pride and Prejudice and comparing those two. And they are they're so unbelievably unlike each other that I do find it a little difficult to to cheer for these for these people that are having this uh, intent. I mean, I feel bad for them in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but I, I find it difficult to like really invest in these characters very much. But yeah. uh, d- before, but before even stepping back, man, I, I do have to give a shout out because, you know, I think 1993 is kind of hailed as one of those really legendary years in film. You know, we had Schindler's list, Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, and Lion King all coming out that year. Just kind of unbelievable, kind of ridiculous year. Very, very fun. Um, So I just wanted to give a shout out to that. But yeah, I just found it difficult to relate. I I went into the movie basically like Team Winona, if you will, you know, just like because I guess ever since... uh, stranger things kind of is what made me feel attached a little bit, but I, I just really enjoy her as an actress, but honestly made her character. I don't know your thoughts, but I thought one of writer's character was, was really lame, just like really tough to get anything out of that character. And, and honestly, I don't think that she like acted all that particularly well in it. And she, and everybody was, I don't, I don't know if this like piqued your interest, but everybody was so unbelievably skinny in this film. It was almost kind of disgusting in my opinion. Like I know that this was like early nineties era, like heroin chic was really hot, but dude, they're so fucking skinny in this film that it, it kind of, it, it took me off a little bit. Did, did you catch that at all? Or did, did it didn't bother you at all? I didn't catch the skinny. Man, but, um, everyone. I mean, I know Winona Ryder and um, Michelle Pfeiffer are both very skinny people, but even Daniel Day Lewis looked so drawn and sunken. Everybody, it was just—I guess they was trying to be like as sexy at at the, at the time, but it just does not look sexy at all to me anymore. Um, one one thing I can say about Winona Ryder's character is that at a certain point you as the viewer kind of get lulled into like a well you're gonna have a good time with her like type thing like it's gonna be fine like you like this other girl but Winona Riders, she's gonna be great and then they they're in France or something and he wants to invite this guy over for dinner and she's like isn't he kind of common Oh, dude, you're and right. Like, and at that moment, you're just, you're just, uh, all that happiness is just over. And you're just back to feeling like he feels being trapped in this marriage with this person that would say something like that about a person that you just wanted to have dinner with. Isn't he common? Damn um, it, JP. That's a great call. But other than that, I mean, I think she's made to be like to the viewer to be like someone that that you wouldn't want to be with, like that you it would be hard to be with, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is a tough character to to play and enjoy. And I definitely feel all those sentiments. You're absolutely right, man. That was I'm so glad you called out that line because she was a character that you're like, oh, I bet she's, you know, it, it because his sentiments, obviously, that that Daniel Day Lewis's character has, where he's like, you know, let's not throw Michelle Pfeiffer to the wolves just because she wants a divorce. Like, let's let's bring her aside. Like, he has some some definitely you know modern merits that I think most crowd would would look up to. But then, of course, he has all of his faults that he has, and yeah, it's just real. I, I like depth in characters for sure, but I, I want something to root for. And I just had basically nothing to root for, which, which maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just kind of darkness and that's, that's okay for a film, but you know, a film that's kind of presented with like, like I said, kind of a romance movie, like glitz and glamor with the costumes and stuff. It just, it felt like it was, it felt like it really couldn't find itself for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that yeah. character sucks, and I think you're supposed to hate right. him too. He he's just awful. Ugh. He he seems cool at first, and then he gets married to this one girl, and then he's always trying to give signals to this other girl who's obviously like her life is taking a toll because of what you're doing with your wife. Like he hears about it, he hears all this gossip about her. He's it's like, oh well. And you're you have to put the get the pieces together as the viewer, but it's just like, well, it just so happened that the day that he arrived in whatever city or whatever, she had found out about that in advance and had left the city or something like that. Like she's she, you know, like there. I think there's a part at the end where she's like, she's like staying out in a country house somewhere like away from everybody. Like, and he's like chasing her down to just, just rub it in even more that they can't be together. It's just, he just needs to leave her alone. You know what I mean? It, it felt like, I don't know if this is harsh, but JP, it felt like he just wanted to get it in, you know, like I, we, we don't see any of their relationship before this, Obviously, the movie starts, you know, in media, medias rest or whatever. But but it just felt like the whole time, like if he just like if he just nutted in her, then he would be wiped away from this. And he'd be like, well, that was that was fun. Like now I've, I'm OK. Like that's Maybe, all it doesn't. But the PG rating of the movie prohibits you from from nutting. Right. You no nutting nut. allowed. No, yeah, there, there's no nut. nutting for sure. No. <laughs> but it just seems like one of those situations where it's not like i guess pride and prejudice where you know i i'm a big sucker for that film and pride and prejudice really feels like at least the main characters it's not about how they just want to fuck each other it's like there's actual like chemistry there i did not feel like there was really chemistry that I saw it really felt like Daniel just wanted to, to really bone yeah, it out. I, and I agree there, there were moments <laughs> like before they would kiss where I would thought that she was about to just be like, eh, you know, I could just like, we could not do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Hey, we're <laughs> <laughs> like, we're by this river right here. Doesn't it look nice right here? Like that's, that's how I felt. It was, uh, it's just zero chemistry. I mean, I, to be fair, I did like, 
some of the things I, I actually really liked, and maybe this was the most Scorsesean aspect of it, but there were scenes, not enough in my opinion, but there were scenes that did a pretty good job about building the world of this time because I think that's difficult to play with. You know, that's this true. is supposed yeah, to be like the house or like the locations of the houses and and like right the, and like the telling about the different families and how they have like a, this one's the best one or whatever, all that stuff. Right, exactly. Which I think is a challenge to do because obviously, you know, I don't know if some people are also going into this film with ideas about time pieces or whatever i think it's difficult to convey this time in new york city and, and i think he did a good job of showing like there was one particular scene where it kind of like zoomed out of i can't remember whose house it was it may have been daniel day lewis's house it may have also been the grandma i cannot remember but it kind Are of you talking about the, one, the one where it showed the field and it was like it was like almost like i think they said that it was in central park or something like that I think that's exactly right, but it was, I don't, maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but it seemed like it was just all dirt and mud everywhere. Like it was, yeah, I think it was. Okay. Um, okay. I, I, I believe that is uh, granny's house. Yes. They I think, had said I think it was, they had talked about how she lived in a place that most people thought was crappy and her house was kind of right. crappy looking on the right. outside, but she was the most powerful socialite. So, yeah. I think that's a great call, but that that kind of world building where you zoom out and they're talking about Central Park, and then you see it's just like a huge house in a ton of dirt with nothing around it. It was like, oh yeah, this this really places me to where we're talking about, and and of course the costumes, the interiors, even at the end, like that scene where um, where uh, Winona Ryder throws a going away party for Michelle Pfeiffer, and it's like in this. It's like in this intimate looking kind of townhouse, I think it was. Um, I don't know. Th those were my favorite parts when like Daniel Day-Lewis is walking the streets of New York and, and buying flowers. Like, I don't care about the plot. I think it's pretty, pretty silly and dumb and I disliked it. But the the staging and the atmosphere I felt like was was quite good. And that's kind of what, again, not enough. I wanted more of that. I wanted more of the world, but. I guess about as much as we were going to get for it. Um, yeah, I guess those are probably my favorite things. Um, you know, I did find it interesting. Obviously, this is Daniel Day-Lewis in 93, right before Last of the Mohicans, and ha had also done My Left Foot. So certainly, um, Daniel Day-Lewis was on the board at this point and well-regarded, but but not, I don't think, like, the legendary actor as we see him now. So it, it would have been interesting to kind of be back then and kind of felt the vibe because this movie was a success. I mean, it wasn't obviously, it wasn't as insane a success as some of the other films I mentioned earlier, but in a year with that competition, it still did quite well for itself. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer, I did not recognize honestly from anything other than Scarface before. So that's kind of an awkward tie-in. I know she had been in a lot. I just have never seen any of her stuff before. Um, and then Winona Ryder had been in Edward Scissor's hands uh, three years prior. So kind of interesting to see where they were at in their careers and, and how this movie kind of catapulted them a little bit forward for, for all of them.
But yeah, I, I guess that's really all I had to say, man. I, I totally agree with your initial sentiments that it, it was a fine watch. I, I liked some of it, but overall, just the drama fell really short for me. I mean, it was basically, you know, rich people sniveling about how they couldn't have just the ultimate perfect life. And that just kind of rubs the wrong way a little bit. And again, I just thought that Daniel needed to bust a nut real quick and then he would be all, all good to go. But um yeah, the ending, I think, was, you know, the ending I, was kind of charming where you have uh, the grown up son kind of leading him to his old mistress or whatever. And he he kind of finally just securely rejects it and says, like, that was just a whimsical fantasy or whatever. I think it tied up pretty well there. Um, any final thoughts on the film from you, JP? Not really. What are, what are we moving on to uh, next? I mean, we're really starting to get into the heart of the night. We're really getting into the heart of, I think, films that mostly I've seen. Well, next one is Kundun. Okay, gotcha. All right, so this is a Tibetan Dalai Lama uh, biopic kind of film, I think. I have never seen this film. Have you seen this film? Nope. Okay, this is this is interesting. It is on his known. I was going to say his first Buena Vista distribution. It is not. The Color of Money was also Buena Vista, but interesting. Um, I, I honestly don't know when the whole China Tibet like struggle. How long that's been like hot? Maybe it was mid nineties that that started to really take off, and maybe that's why he chose this story. Um, I want to say maybe his first biopic i'm trying to peek at that and remember if that's true it looks like that's true so should be another very different film and and we'll see like you said if it if it rubs off like it was a scorsese production or if it felt kind of um distant from him but uh uh interested to get into it man and i i appreciate doing the mock with you and uh we'll tune in next monday to to talk about quinn Duin forward to it. See you then. See ya.